The Controversy of a Godless America, Separation of Church and State versus Religious Freedom We all need Jesus Christ now. The United States of America has a long history of upholding religious freedom, enshrined in the Constitution's First Amendment. However, the interpretation of this amendment has been the subject of much controversy over the years. Some believe that the separation of church and state is essential to protecting individual freedoms, while others argue that religion should be more prominent in public life. The debate over a godless America is as relevant today as ever, with recent court cases and political debates highlighting the tension between these two positions. In this article, we will explore the complex and often contentious issues surrounding the separation of church and state, religious freedom, and the role of religion in American society. Whether you are a believer or a skeptic, this topic affects us all and deserves careful consideration. The History of Separation of Church and State The idea of separation of church and state has its roots in the European Enlightenment, which challenged the role of religion in politics and advocated for individual freedom and reason. In the United States, Thomas Jefferson first used the phrase wall of separation between church and state in a letter to the Danbury Baptist Association in 1802 in response to their concerns about establishing a national religion. However, the separation of church and state concept was not entirely based until the 20th century, with landmark Supreme Court cases such as Everson v. Board of Education, 1947, and Engel v. Vitale, 1962. The principle of separation of church and state is based on the idea that government should not promote or favor any particular religion and that individuals should be free to practice their religion without interference from the state. This principle protects individual rights, promotes social harmony, and prevents the religious conflict that has plagued many countries throughout history. However, the interpretation of what constitutes government endorsement of religion has been the subject of much controversy. Some argue that any government action seen as promoting or favoring religion, such as displaying religious symbols or conducting prayers in public schools, violates the principle of separation of church and state. Others believe such actions are merely expressions of individual freedom and do not represent an official endorsement of religion. The First Amendment and Religious Freedom The First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution guarantees the right to freedom of religion and freedom of speech, the press, assembly, and petition. This amendment is often considered the cornerstone of American democracy, as it protects the rights of individuals to express themselves and worship as they see fit, without fear of persecution or discrimination. However, the First Amendment has also been the subject of much debate and interpretation. Some argue that the amendment protects only the right to believe in a religion but not the right to act on those beliefs in a way that might harm others or violate laws. Others believe the government is responsible for accommodating individuals' religious beliefs, even if it means making exceptions to specific rules or policies. The debate over the meaning of the First Amendment is particularly relevant in recent court cases involving religious freedom. For example, the Supreme Court's decision in Burwell v. Hobby Lobby Stores Inc., 2014, allowed closely held corporations to claim a religious exemption from the Affordable Care Act's requirement to provide contraceptive coverage to employees. This decision was controversial, as some saw it allowing corporations to impose their religious beliefs on their employees. In contrast, others viewed it as a victory for religious freedom. The Controversy Over Government Endorsement of Religion One of the most contentious issues in the debate over the separation of church and state is the government's endorsement of religion.
This can take many forms, such as displaying religious symbols on public property, funding religious schools or organizations, or conducting prayers in public schools or government meetings. Proponents of government endorsement of religion argue that such actions are a legitimate expression of religious freedom and do not necessarily promote one religion over another. They also say that religious symbols and displays are essential to American culture and history and should not be removed simply because some people find them offensive. On the other hand, opponents of government endorsement of religion argue that any government action that promotes or favors one religion over another violates the principle of separation of church and state and can lead to discrimination and exclusion of religious minorities. They also argue that religious symbols and displays on public property can be seen as a form of government endorsement of religion. They should be removed to ensure that the government remains neutral on matters of faith. The Role of Religion in Politics Another area of controversy in the debate over a godless America is the role of religion in politics. Many politicians and political groups have sought to use religion to mobilize voters and promote their agendas. This can take many forms, such as appeals to religious values, endorsements from religious leaders, or the use of religious symbols and rhetoric in political speeches. Proponents of the role of religion in politics argue that religious values are an essential part of American culture and should be reflected in public policy. They also say that politicians have a right to express their religious beliefs and that voters can consider them when making decisions. Opponents of the role of religion in politics argue that religion should not be used as a tool for political gain and that politicians should not be using their positions to promote their personal religious beliefs. They also argue that religious values are not necessarily universal and can lead to discrimination and exclusion of certain groups. The debate over religious symbols and displays in public spaces. One of the most visible manifestations of the controversy over a godless America is the debate over religious symbols and displays in public spaces. This can take many forms, such as displaying the Ten Commandments in courthouses, using religious symbols on public property, or including prayers in public ceremonies. Dot. Proponents of religious symbols and displays in public spaces argue that they are an essential part of American culture and history and should not be removed simply because some people find them offensive. They also say that such displays are a legitimate expression of religious freedom and do not necessarily promote one religion over another. On the other hand, opponents of religious symbols and displays in public spaces argue that any government action that promotes or favors one religion over another violates the principle of separation of church and state and can lead to discrimination and exclusion of religious minorities. They also argue that such displays can be seen as a form of government endorsement of religion. They should be removed to ensure that the government remains neutral on matters of faith. The Impact of Religion on Public Policy Religion has always shaped public policy in the United States, from the abolition of slavery to the civil rights movement. However, the impact of religion on public policy has become more contentious in recent years as religious groups have become more vocal and organized in their political activism. Proponents of the impact of religion on public policy argue that religious values are an essential part of American culture and should be reflected in public policy. They also say that religious organizations have a right to participate in the political process and that their voices should be heard. On the other hand, opponents of religion's impact on public policy argue that religious values are not necessarily universal and can lead to discrimination and exclusion of certain groups. 
They also say that religious organizations should not be using their tax-exempt status to engage in political activism and should not be allowed to influence public policy in ways that violate the principle of separation of church and state. The Effects of a Godless America on Society The debate over a godless America is not just an abstract legal or political issue, it has real-world consequences for individuals and society. Some argue that a society without religion would be more rational, tolerant, and inclusive, while others believe it would be morally bankrupt and lacking in meaning and purpose. Proponents of a godless America argue that religion has been used throughout history to justify discrimination, violence, and oppression and that a society without religion would be more just and equitable. They also argue that a society without religion would be more rational and scientific and that it would be able to solve problems based on evidence and reason rather than superstition and dogma. Opponents of a godless America, on the other hand, argue that religion provides a moral framework and a sense of purpose that is essential to a well-functioning society. They also say that without faith, people would be more likely to engage in immoral and unethical behavior and that society would be more chaotic and disordered. Conclusion Finding a Balance Between the Separation of Church and State and Religious Freedom The controversy over a godless America is complex and multifaceted, with no easy answers. However, the issues surrounding the separation of church and state, religious freedom, and the role of religion in American society are of critical importance to our democracy and our way of life. Ultimately, the challenge for policymakers and citizens alike is balancing the competing values of individual freedom and social harmony, religious rights and secularism, and tradition and progress. By engaging in respectful and informed dialogue and working together to find common ground, we can ensure that America remains a land of religious freedom and opportunity for all. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, religion is the belief in and worship of a god or gods, or any such system of belief and worship. The Bible refers to religion in several places. Recalling his time as a Pharisee, Paul relates how he belonged to the strictest sect of our religion, Acts 26:5. Festus calls Judaism a religion in Acts 25:19. God defines true religion this way: religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this: to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world, James 1:27. In other words, the system of worshiping God is not a matter of observing rites and rituals. Instead, it involves practical help for those in need and living a pure life, separated from the world's sin. One type of religion is which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ, Colossians 2:8. This type of religion is based on false gods and worldly philosophy. Throughout history, various religions have venerated idols and glorified the creature over the Creator. The craftsman takes wood and works with chisel and plane and carves it into a human figure. He gives it human beauty and puts it in a little shrine, Isaiah 44:13, NLT. Seeing the work of his own hands, he bows down to it and worships, verse 17. The idol worshipper and all who follow false religion are destined for disappointment, a deluded heart misleads him, he cannot save himself, verse 20. Another type of religion relies on tradition, ceremony, and rule-keeping to curry favor with God. The scribes and Pharisees in the Bible are examples of this form of religion. Jesus said, They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and, for a show, 
make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Luke 20:46-47. Their traditions outward and heavily influence their religion. Rather than aid the widows as James 1:27 commands, the Pharisees robbed them. Like beautiful tombs, they only appeared clean and pure. Still, inside, they were corrupt. Matthew 23:27. Much of what we consider religion, church on Sunday, reciting a prayer, lighting a candle, etc. are human traditions that give the appearance of devotion but ultimately have little to do with the participant's soul. In 2 Timothy 3 1-5, we are warned that people can have a form of godliness without their religious activity making any meaningful difference in their lives. Despite their external ceremonies, they remain unloving, unthankful, uncontrolled, and unrepentant. The scriptural instruction is have nothing to do with such people. Jesus described those undoubtedly religious in Matthew 7:21-22. Yet his final word to them is, "I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers." Verse 23. As James 1:27 says, true religion in God's eyes makes a difference in who we are and what we do. It is a religion based on relationship. Jesus said, "If you love me, keep my commands." John 14:15. Obedience is the proof of love. We love God because He loved us first, 1 John 4:19, and our passion leads us to action. It is the fulfillment of the law, Romans 13:10. This religion of relationship is not based on what we do for God, it is based on what He has done for us. We are not trusting in our performance but in a person, Jesus Christ. The word religion is used in many contexts, but there is a difference between false religion and actual. Similarly, there is a difference between religion to look religious and religion to cultivate a deeper relationship with Christ. True religion is based on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It does not require any outward show of devotion but rather an inward transformation of the heart. Romans 12one 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship. This type of worship is not about what we do for God but what He has done for us. We are called to love Him because He first loved us, 1 John 4:19. We can demonstrate our love for Him by obeying His commands, John 14:15. Obedience proves our love. True religion does not require anything from us other than an intimate relationship with Christ that leads to action and obedience. It leads us to be loving, thankful, controlled, and repentant, essential to cultivating a deeper relationship with Christ. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Blessing in Christ Jesus